0: Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that the gospel or the message of the cross is the wisdom and power of God. Wisdom and power of God. If you don't have the gospel, the message of Christ, you, you have no wisdom. Hmm. That's a big statement, isn't it? If you don't have the message of the gospel, you have no power. You do have some power and you do have some wisdom, but it's in a very limited sense because it's the message of the gospel that's everything to us. Now, we've been spending some time uh, in, in Titus chapter 3, which is this great gospel statement, um, and uh, we had... Levi last week and Bruce the week before and I haven't been able to listen to their messages but uh, I'm sure they're great I'm always worried when I speak after Levi because he's always more popular than me (laughs) and and he speaks better and he has good better thoughts and that's all good because you see the gospel is this great leveler because we realize that it is God who brings us his wisdom it's God who brings his power and he does it through his message and it's awesome We don't, the the gospel humbles us and we don't have to be the king of the world. Um, I say that because that's often what pastors want to be, uh, their own little kingdom. And it is just awesome. But anyway, I'm just dribbling. So I'm going to start. I'm reading back over what we've done and I'm only focusing on one verse, which is verse eight. This is Titus three, verse five. It won't be up there though. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we've done, But because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. The trustworthy saying is that gospel message we just had there. If you just go scroll back up again. It is awesome what he has said there. Uh, A righteousness not from ourselves. We're saved by a righteousness that comes from God. By his mercy. By uh, regeneration or rebirth, which means being born again. In other words, something that God did to us. Uh, Being justified, that's made righteous. By his grace, that's a gift. We become heirs, sons and daughters of God, by his grace, that's a gift. Uh, We have a hope of eternal life. This is a great gift. Can you see, God has done something just, which is truly everything for us. And he says, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want to stress these things. Stress the gospel. We're going to call that the gospel. The gospel is a buzzword, and we don't want to be that. Whenever we say the gospel, we're talking about everything God's done through you in Christ, and it is everything. It is everything. I want to stress these things so that you who have trusted in God may be careful to devote yourself to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Right. This is the gospel that Paul says the grace of God has appeared. He said that twice, once in Titus 2, once in Titus 3. And in between those two, he, remember we did the, the message on the gospel or the grace of God teaches us to say no to sin. Yep, remember that. You've got a problem with sin? You don't need a book that tells you about how to deal with that sin. You need the gospel. Okay? But today he says this gospel, it also teaches us, when we're careful with it, to do what is good. So the gospel teaches us to stop doing what we shouldn't do and to do what is good in this present age. The gospel helps us to become holy men and women who continue to grow in the grace of God through Jesus Christ. The gospel, the righteousness of God, has been given to you. I want to stress these things. He says, "This is a trustworthy saying." Everything we have come from God. We say this all. Oh, sorry. We, I, I say this all the time, but that's not about me because there's nothing in me. Everything you have comes from God. Life is about God. Okay. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Christ and him crucified. We have this eternal life and hope. Live in this trustworthy saying or this trustworthy word, this trustworthy message. Live in, in, as we sung, live in the gospel. Dig deeper and deeper into it because then, okay, the point of the verse today is then you'll become people who do what is good. You want to do good? Dig into the gospel. You You want to drive out evil? Live in the gospel. Jesus is everything. Now, that might sound crazy, but in talking about what we live in the Christian life and the church, it's so often about us. And it's not. Jesus is everything. Like, do you love Jesus? Is he everything to you? Yeah. And you need what else? What? Riches? Good health? No, just Jesus. That's what we need, isn't it? He is everything to us. We cannot stop saying this. What drives us from evil? Jesus does. What drives us and empowers us to do good works? Jesus does. The Christian life is empowered by the gospel, by the good news. What doesn't drive us from evil? Ourselves. Okay? What doesn't have the power to overcome evil? You. Yep. What doesn't have the power to make you do good works? Yourself. You don't have it within you. okay? What does Jesus? Okay, This is an incredible grace and mercy and love that keeps outpouring in our lives. The Gospel is not just Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins and then we got saved and now we go on. The Gospel is everything for the Christian life. The Holy Spirit brings us the fruit of the... Of the Spirit, Jody talked about that: the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right. Where does your self-control come from? Obviously, yourself. No, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. Can you get it? What? Everything we have. This is not an insignificant point. This is the heart and the guts of everything we are as a church and as Christians. Is Jesus Christ. And when we know the grace of God or the gospel, it brings to us a knowledge, the truth of God, and therefore we understand ourselves and how we fit. It brings to us a desire, a desire to be like Christ. It brings to us also the actual power we need to live the Christian life. Does that make sense? I really hope it does. This is, Paul said, to, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves. So, this is actually about Christians. It's about those who have trusted. It's, it's not actually, it's not for everybody who attends church. And we found out over a lot of years that people can be coming to church and leading a church and doing whole lots of great stuff in a church and then later they become a Christian. We've seen that happen a lot. Isn't that weird? No, it's not. Because, you see, somehow we can get caught up in this religious church juggernaut where we just do religious stuff and do nice things and try to be a good group of people who behave and and stuff like that and and, and encourage one another to do good. And we miss Jesus. Well, we talk about him as an example. But he's not just an example. He's Lord and Saviour. We need him for everything. So he writes to the church, those who have been born again into Christ, who look to him for everything, who know that he's not just an added bonus to help you out. For people who say things like, Jesus makes a difference. Don't you love that? Jesus makes a difference. Also, my falcon makes a difference, especially it goes fast. And, 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 this, and, and having a good superannuation policy makes a difference. It's like Jesus is this kind of added bonus. He is the Lord of all and the object of all our worship and the greatest of our loves. Do you understand that? We never get tired of talking about Jesus. We hear about him again and again and again, and he's always good, isn't it? It's, always, it's more than that. It's exciting to hear about Jesus. He isn't, because I tell you this if you ever, as Christians, become tired of Jesus, you go, oh, there we are, talking about that again. You've probably picked up an idol along the way. Something that seems more exciting than Jesus. Drop it. Do you understand? Hmm. Right. Where are we up to? We are transfixed with Jesus. He is our greatest love, He is the goal. is our greatest vision. It's all about Jesus. Okay. And he has done something in, in this world by his birth and his death and his resurrection and his ascension that is everything to us. It is everything to us. And he drives us from sin. He drives us from sin. And he drives us to do what is good. Okay, what happens when the church doesn't understand this? Now I'm going to actually go into this with in a bit of depth and, and I guess this is new lines of thought for me because in some ways I've often thought, in one sense, the gospel motivates us. Motivate. Let's think about that word a bit. Gives us a motive. Uh, it, 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 it drives us. Um, I'm going to talk about that a lot because I think uh, what happens when the church doesn't understand that everything comes from the gospel What we become is a group of people who try to control ourselves and try and control others and try and work other people for our purposes. And what we do is we motivate and we bring motivation with an inferior power source, okay? So what happens is our preaching and our counselling techniques and definitely our gossip, we're really good at gossip, and all of our manipulation, which we're all excellent. Put up your hand if you're a good manipulator. Right? We are all really good at this, especially within, if you're married, you're a good manipulator. If you're in any relationship with anybody else, if you've got kids, you are an excellent manipulator. If you're a school teacher, I don't even want to talk about how good you are at manipulating. Um, and what happens in the church is that pastors become the par excellence manipulators. So good at sucking people in and getting, getting their will done. Using mind control techniques, but not calling mind control techniques. I'll just say, God laid this on my heart to give you this message today. What a brilliant mind control technique that is. God laid it on my heart. You disagree with me after I've said that. God laid it on my heart. How full of myself am I? Do you know my thoughts are God's thoughts? Sorry, that's another subject. Okay. Can you see the psychology of that? It's doing two things. One, it's saying, listen and do what I say because God told me you can't argue. And secondly, it's saying, um, look at me. I've got a direct line to God. How about you? Is yours as close as me? Yeah. And if you've got a message from God, why want not just speak it rather than talking about yourself? Anyway, that's still way, not even written in my notes. But what I'm saying is the church becomes manipulators of people and it uses all sorts of very, very brilliant techniques. And we don't even see it happening. And we don't even see us using it. And what then the preaching becomes, and this is the heart of what I'm saying, is the preaching becomes motivational, whereas God says it's to be proclaimed. It is, the gospel is to be spoken. It is not something that calls you to go, well, I've got to get into this. this is, I've got to pull up my socks. I've got to... The gospel is the wisdom and the power of God. It is not a technique. It is God in action in our lives. It's God who doesn't. He's everything. The New Testament tells us the gospel or the good news is to be proclaimed. And as it is proclaimed, it has a power of its own which works in your life. To do what? Firstly, to save you. Secondly, it will drive you from evil. It will drive you to do what is good. It will drive you to good work. The gospel does this incredible thing in us. It, through the Holy Spirit, we love. I don't mean love as in I can, I can motivate you to love. I can sit here and tell you, love, 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 and tell you all that sort of stuff. But without the Holy Spirit making you actually love, what you'll do is out of some sort of obligation, I guess I have to love. I don't really feel like you know, being nice to Emily today, but I'm going to because that's what I have to do. When you have the the Holy Spirit, you are driven to love and that drive comes from God himself. It's not motivational. It's of the power of God. The manipulative power will keep the church working hard. It will keep driving them and revving them up and you'll have to get more and more and it becomes... You've got to come to church every Sunday, I'll tell you, because if, if I'm going to keep you in my pocket... In, under my control, under my power. You've got to keep coming. Do you understand? <laughs> There's sarcasm in there somewhere. We are not manipulators. We proclaim Christ. Because the manipulation is subtle and it enslaves. And it captures people. And it causes them to act with a deficient power which comes only from themselves. Now, if you go to the Christian bookshop, you'll find loads of motivational books. Pick your subject. What's a subject people struggle with? If I think about one that makes often people feel most guilty, is parenting, hey? Here's how to be a good parent. Nine skills. In other words, here's where you've failed. <laughs> yeah, Right. Nine ways to make yourself a good parent. How many of them actually say the gospel is actually going to help you in that? I don't know. That's a question, I guess. I haven't read them all. But we come from this place which teaches us motivational thought, wisdom which is from humans, and what it causes us to do is draw only from our own wisdom and only from our own power. And it doesn't give us the ability to carry through. It's not from the gospel. Think about this. I'm going to give some examples. We struggle with our sin. Does everyone struggle with sin here or is people overcoming? Okay, we struggle with our sin. Be righteous, be good, behave yourself. Stop sinning and try really hard. How old are you, Lance? You're... You've, hey? Too old. Too old. For a lot of years, you've been trying. Yeah. Have you been able to drive sin from your life yourself? <laughs> yeah. There's something deficient in that. Do you know that you're righteous in Christ and everything you have, all your perfection is in Him already? How about that? That's good news, isn't it? That you'll be able to stand before the Father complete and He will not have a single thing he'll look at you and go, well, i don't have a problem with that. Righteousness fully in Christ. How good is the gospel? But we can't use our own mind power to drive ourselves from sin and to do what is good. But we listen to a proclamation that changes us Christ has already forgiven you. He's already cleansed you. He's already made you new. And the Holy Spirit drives us to become the children of God we should be. And the, so what I'm saying is we have this deficient strength. Just say, just say um, uh, 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 our lives and, our, and our, our church is a bus. You've got this bus. And the motivational pastor makes sure that everybody is pushing at their absolute greatest strength, at every moment, to push that bus where we need to go. Do you understand where I'm going with this? The power of God through the gospel and the Holy Spirit petrol in the tank. Just get in and come for a ride, people. Yeah. Hmm. Jesus makes us perfect. You see the motivational wisdom. You see that mighty ducks. Who's seen the movie? I haven't. But I know what happens in it. This group of no-hopers, the coach gets them together, you've seen them, they can't do what they need to do and he gives them this big if speech and he revs them up and he revs them up and what do they do? They, they beat the team which is way above them and they do everything. Yep, you, you've seen how many movies are made like that? Yep, the losers become the winners and they're still, you know, a, a, a group of nerds and whatever else. Because if you work hard, you can achieve your dreams and goals. You can do anything. I can do all things in Christ. That's what people say. I'm being sarcastic here. Because when Paul says, I can do all things in Christ, he's been talking about the suffering. And at one time, we had no food to eat. We were starving. But I can do all things in Christ. He wasn't saying, you can do all things in Christ because I can become like Hussein Bolt. I could beat Hussein Bolt's record. No, I couldn't. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, That motivational talk, you can do everything, It's a load of crap. That's what I'm saying. You actually can't do it. I could not turn you into a team that could beat the Melbourne Storm. You people here, sitting here. I couldn't do it. Broncos, perhaps, but not the Storm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I could not go over to Warrawee and say, you people, if you think hard enough and work hard enough and motivate yourself, could all make the Olympic team. It's just not true. Okay? It's a, you are pushing a bus which you were never made to push. Okay? You cannot achieve your dreams. Am I, dis, am I sounding like someone who's speaking against a whole lot of. I don't care that the world says this. But when the church's message becomes you can do all of that yourself, it's wrong. You can do all that you need to do in the Christian life through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in the love of the Father. Do you know that? That's what you can do. It is not true that you will be rich and healthy if you become a Christian. It's not true. You can't put your mind to it and achieve it. It's just not true. The people who say it and write those books may well be rich right now and they've been made rich by selling a lie and manipulating people and becoming these great manipulators. And later they'll find out they can't actually stay healthy too. That'll happen sometime. It happens to everybody at one point. We have been taught this manipulation from the time we were children. Our parents used various types of manipulation, didn't they? What's some of the manipulation? Guilt trip. Maybe you had parents who were good at that, putting the guilt trip on you. Or I, I love it when the parent cries to try and manipulate. I'm so disappointed in you and, and stuff like that. Or use logic. Now sit down and let's talk this through. Yeah, that one. Uh, what are we trying to do? There's some way I'm going to get you to behave like you all do? The police do it all the time. They use mainly fear, don't they? Mm fear of fines. And, uh, and, and yeah, anyway, please don't worry about leave. And, and husbands and wives, do you ever catch yourself, so, oh, sorry, some of you aren't married, but do you ever catch yourself in marriage saying something to your spouse and then realising you're manipulating them without having realised you're heading down that path? You can do the sulky method, I'm good at that, you know, a bit of a sulk, that'll make her realise or um, I'm not getting what I want today, so um, I, I'll try the guilt trip method. The guilt trip method—we do it subtly. We don't. We, we don't. We make out we don't say, "Pack your bags!" I'm taking you on a guilt trip. Or the be kind method—that's good, where you're really nice to somebody, and then they still don't give you what you want, so then you just get angrier with them. Or I'll. T- how about I'll tell them a, a story or give them an example that'll point out their inadequacy. That method. Um. Or a thousand others, actually. What I'm saying is we are really good at that. And the church's message becomes just like that. About harnessing the power and the strength and the potential which is within you. But you see, the message of the gospel does not tell you about the power and strength and potential in you. It tells you about the power and strength and potential of what Jesus has done for you. Can you see that? And that is the great strength that you can draw on and become everything. And if you're fighting with this today, if you're someone who goes, I'm struggling with that, then you've probably got pride because you want to have that power and strength and potential one day I've told this story before but, um, and uh, it's about a, a young lady uh, she was um, a mother of two two young ch- children probably about the same as um, Mitch and Daniel's kids and, and she one day she didn't go to our church she went to another church and she said can I come around and talk to you and, and um, she's, she's a really lovely uh, girl really lovely And she sat down and she said, I've got a problem. I said, yeah, what's that? She said, I get angry. She said, I don't want you you to be deceived. Not that you use that word, but I I get really angry. I get so angry that I'm worried I'm gonna hurt my children. That's how angry I get. Um, And I don't know what to do about it. And and I talked for a while, as I tend to talk too much, but I talked about Jesus, and I talked about the fact that he, on the cross, took all of our anger. He, took, he bore our sinful anger in himself, right? And, and he took the anger of God for the punishment for our sins. And, and I talked about Jesus, and, I, and I've been talking for a while, and she said, you're not going to tell me what to do, are you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're not going to tell me what to do. I said, what do you mean? She said, well... I have read, do you know how many books I've read on how to control your anger? And she said, they tell me all these things and they make lists and do this and do that. And she said, I've tried, I've tried all of them. And now you're not going to tell me what to do. I said, no, I'm going to tell you about Jesus and what he's done for you. And she was like, "Ah." can you see that it's the gospel that changes people, not, not, motivating you and telling you and giving you this new human wisdom. Go out and push the bus, people. Get in it and ride on what Christ has done for you and let him do the changes in you. It's also one of the, um, the things that often young men come to me as a pastor and talk about is lust, porn, addiction, that sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and there's lots of books at the Kurong about that too. They've got lots of wisdom. This is how you can fix it. Uh, and they use a, a variety of methods, same manipulations that all humans use. Number one's fear. You're dangling over hell. Watch out. You're about to be fried. Or the, let's think through this logically. How does this work? Or then the, the draw on the heartstrings. Imagine how it is for the girls. How, how do they feel? Or learn about how the mechanics of the mind work. Get the get the if you understand what's going on, then you'll be able to overcome it. The gospel is what I overcome sin. The gospel drives us from sin and drives us to do what is good. Do you understand that? And we need to talk about that gospel which has purified you. Because when you look to what Christ has done, he can bring a real change. Not just a one which is all the strength that you have is not enough to change or do any good in you. You need the power of God at work in you. Am I making sense again? The message in the end is to grow in grace. Grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the gospel. Growing what he's done. Well, that's a bit pointless. uh, Often people say, Yeah, 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 but I want something a bit more practical. Can people say that? Well, in other words, you want something a bit more powerless that you can do yourself. That's what it's saying. I want something a bit more practical. I want something that comes from my strength. I want something that I can do to achieve it. I want something motivational. All we, I, I want my pastor who's gone to the leadership conference, which has talked to you the 147 most sneaky ways to manipulate your people into doing what you want. That's what leadership is. Yeah, Not servant leadership, where you serve the people. We, know, we don't want that. It's not very practical, is it? This gospel will take us through. I'm sorry if I, this seems hard, but we are, the church is trapped in this. It's trapped in this thing which has a, a sort of a, a veiled look like Jesus. But it's actually a look at what human potential is. And that's not what we need. We need Christ and everything he has for you. He will take you through to eternal life. How impractical is that? Resurrection. Because even, even people still say, to you want to preach on, the, on Easter Sunday? They say, you're preaching about the resurrection. What you need to talk about is these little breakthroughs we have day by day. They have little resurrections and little restorations. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is this. You will be raised from the dead when you die and you will go to be with the Father in heaven forever. How about that for a resurrection? Why don't we make it all about ourselves? What, you know, All about living our life now. The pursuit of happiness is such a great idol. <laughs> Everything you have and want and need, sorry, everything, yeah, it comes from Christ. I don't want today to be a pep talk. If you go home with anything, go home to to focus on Christ, to grow in grace, read the gospel. That passage in Titus 3, read it over and over and over again. This is what Christ has done for you. Just stop at every point and go, what does this mean? Look to Him. You know, lift your eyes, the Psalms say. Lift your eyes from where you are. Don't try and get where you are better. Lift your eyes to Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Run the race towards him. Read the word about him. Learn about him. Draw from him. He is all you need. Paul tells us that it's Christ's love that compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all. Because we know what Jesus has done, that compels us and drives us in our Christian life. It is the petrol in our tank. It's the motor that makes us drive. It's not our own strength. And he compels us to do and be what we're supposed to do and be. But then, you, know, you can come to peace when you, when you know the gospel. Because you don't have to be the one, I'm going to change the world. I'm not going to change the world, I'm just going to be the one God called me to be. i just going to be His Son. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to live in Christ. You don't have to manipulate anybody. Because you think, understand this, God is not a, the great manipulator. He's not tricking us into loving Him. He didn't, he, he didn't send His Son to make us feel guilty. He didn't send his son to make us fear. He didn't send his son to make us feel obliged to serve and work for him, like we owe him something. He didn't send his son to make us feel second rate. He sent his son to save us. So he did. Just send his son to save us. Why? Because that's what he's like. He's a saving God. And the whole Christian life is about living in this gospel living in that salvation, living under the Father. I'll finish uh, with a passage from Ephesians 1. It's a prayer of Paul, and he talks about his desires. Uh, Actually, is it hard to get Ephesians 1, 17 up? But all of this is saying, uh, while you're giving it up, it's saying, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Can I tell you this? The message of the gospel, the message of Christ and what he's done for you is excellent and profitable for all of your life. Not because I said it, but because it's who God is and what he's done. But Paul in his prayer in Ephesians 17 says, I keep asking that... That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in this age, but in the age to come. All of this from God through Christ, this incredibly great power. Get in the gospel bus. It's a good ride. Look to Christ. It's not impractical. This is the most practical, life-giving message you could ever have. I'm going to pray. Father, I just pray that you would make this message real to us. And Father, I pray that you would do an incredible miracle by your Holy Spirit that we would receive it and believe it. And Father, that we would put you as everything in our life, that we would always be looking to Christ, always looking to your grace, always looking to your mercy, and that it would be our wisdom and our strength. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.